like Josh said, my name's Emily. Um, I'm 18, been in the church for 11 years now. Um, so it's a real privilege to be able to be here and speak to you all today. Um, and let's just start with some prayer um, to enter into this time to open our hearts. So Father, I just pray that that your words would come through me, that your truth would be so evident in this place that um, everyone's hearts would be open to receiving your word. That, um, yeah, just your, let your truth really pierce our hearts tonight, Lord. Amen. Awesome. So we're going to jump straight into the Bible today because that is always a good place to start. Um, so if you've got your Bibles with you or phones, tablets, etc., you can turn to Nehemiah 4. Um, and I'll be reading that out. But just to give you some background before we start, Nehemiah is in the Old Testament, and it takes place after the Babylonian conquest, um, where the Jews have been exiled from Jerusalem. They've been sent out, they've been sent away, and then gradually over, I think, the next hundred years, Wikipedia told me, um, the king of Persia gradually lets the Jews back into Jerusalem. And then we get to Nehemiah. And God gives Nehemiah a dream that he is going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, that he's going to reestablish the city. He's going to um, rebuild a stand for the Jews in the land that God promised them. And I could talk to you for a long time about how Nehemiah was a dreamer because I love the fact that God's put a specific calling on every single one of us, that there's a there's a really unique dream on your life, and all you have to do is step into it. But I'm not going to talk about that today, because not only was Nehemiah a dreamer, but he was also a shouter. And I think you'll start to see what I mean when we start reading. So we're going to read from Nehemiah 4, verse 1. And this is when Nehemiah comes up against some serious opposition in his walk and the calling for God. And it says, when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they're building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down their wall of stones. And then we get to the bit that just really speaks to me. Because Nehemiah's heard all of this opposition. And then he turns around and he says, Hear us, our God. He says, hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. And the story goes on. And the thing that always strikes me about Nehemiah is that his primary response to opposition, his primary response to a problem is to use his voice. See, Nehemiah understood the power of his voice because God had given him a gift, and I really think he understood how to use that in a couple of really important ways. Firstly, he used his voice to call on God. His response was God-focused. 
he came up to a problem and he said, hear us, God. He didn't turn around and shout to his friends, you know, what are we going to do? How do we deal with this issue? Um, did you hear about the saying about us? But he turned around to God and he said, hear us, our God, because you're the one with the answer. You're the one with the power to change my situation. And, you know, I like to imagine him at this moment standing on a wall, the half-built wall of Jerusalem, and there's rubble around him and dust and stones and a sunset because it makes a pretty picture. And he's standing there looking out over the half-finished dream that God's put on his heart. And he says, hear us, our God. Where are you in this situation? Come and change it. Come and bring your hand on this problem. And I find that something that I fail to do quite a lot. You see, when there's an issue, for example, if there is a wasp near me, I cannot deal with it. Does anyone else hate wasps? Ugh. It's like you can just see the evil in their face. It's like, this is not cool. And whenever there's a wasp in me, I kind of go into panic mode. Um, and whoever's near me ends up getting their name shouted a lot. And it usually ends up being Meg, who was leading worship. And I'll just go, Megan, 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 until she sorts it out, because I can't deal with that problem. But how often do we come across issues, we come across um, problems in our life, and we, do we say, God, hear us? How often do we cry his name? I really think Nehemiah understood that if he called on God, if his response was God-focused, then things would change. And not only that, but Nehemiah's response is loud. And there's a power in a loud voice because a loud voice attracts. People hear a loud voice. There's a reason I have a mic in my hand today because it makes my voice louder so you can hear me. And when I talk about a loud voice, I don't just mean literal volume, but a powerful voice, a voice that is strong, and that stands and says, I've got the authority of God behind me, so I'm going to speak into this situation. I'm going to pray over this situation, and things are going to change. And in Acts 4, it talks about um, enable our, our servants to speak with boldness, to speak with courage, to speak with an authority over this situation. I really think Nehemiah gets that, that God wants you to have a bold voice. Because Nehemiah understood that he couldn't build the wall on his own. It was a dream that God had put in his heart, but he couldn't build it on his own. And it strikes me that this building is almost a year old now, and it's amazing. And, you know, I remember seeing it, um, it the build-up, the, you know, we're going to raise money, and we're going to pray, and we're going to get this site, and we're going to build this amazing building. But if this had just been Steve and Angie's dream... And it was just them and a few drills and a pile of bricks. It would not have happened. Like, I believe in you guys a lot, but I think that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> so it required them to be loud, to say, this is what God has called us to do. So come and join us. We're going to use our voice and say, you know, come to our church. Come and take part. Be involved. Come and give of your money. Give of your time. Come and pray with us. Because a loud voice makes things move. And his prayer, Nehemiah's prayer, was not just stationary. He didn't just say, here is God, and, you know, left it at that. But actually, he used his voice as a catalyst for change and a catalyst for movement. 
Um, and in the message version of the Bible, it talks about how, um, how it kind of, he says, hear us our God. And then he says, so we kept at it. We kept at it. We kept moving. We kept changing because we've spoken over this situation. We've spoken with authority. We've prayed. We've called on God. We've got people around us to do their jobs. And so we kept at it. We kept moving. And so his voice was a catalyst for change. His voice was the pushing force that sent it in the direction of God. And finally, I just want to say to you that a loud voice has a large consequence. Whatever you're using your voice for, there is a consequence of what you say. And so what are you using your voice for? What are you saying to people? Are you inviting people to church? Are you telling people, you know, my God died on a cross for me. He gave everything for me. He bled and he died and then he rose again. And that's the best news that I've ever heard. So I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to tell you that you should come and see what he is doing in my life. I'm going to use my voice. And the consequence of that is salvation. There is a power in your voice that can change things, that can move things, that can bring God's glory onto this earth. So what are you using your voice for? And I just really feel that God's saying to me tonight that if you're sitting here today and you feel like, you know, I once had a loud voice. I was shouting for God. But it's broken. But I'm, I'm down to a whisper or I can't even make any sound at all because I'm just so worn out. I've been shouting and nothing was moving. I just really want to encourage you today that God can refresh you. God can restore you. And God can give you that power back, that volume back that gives you a loud voice, that gives you the authority of God. And I just, just really want to say to you, take that. Take that energy that he's giving you. Take that um, promise that he's given you that he will give you the energy. His grace is sufficient. He will give you the energy to keep going. So what are you using your voice for? Your voice is a gift from God. In Acts 2, it talks about how all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak to each other in tongues as the Spirit enabled them because their, their voice was a gift from God. It was a gift of the Spirit and he didn't give it to them so they could be silent. He gave it to them so that they could go to all four corners of the earth and preach the good news. And I just think that's so amazing and being a bit of a linguist myself... I love languages. I just think they're fascinating. You know, I can call a pen a pen and someone else can call it something completely different, but we both mean the same thing because language is a gift from God. And he didn't give it to you to be silent. He gave it to you to be loud. So my encouragement to you today is to remember to be God-focused. Remember that your voice is attractive and that your voice really matters. Not just in a, oh yeah, God, you know, God gave me a voice, that's cool, I can live my life. But in a real powerful, in a real kind of way that he gave you a voice and it matters, it makes a difference. And if we all stand and shout here together, it's going to move things, it's going to change things and it's going to bring the kingdom of God to this earth. So what are you using your voice for? Now it's my privilege to be able to invite 
Our next speaker onto the stage, who's someone with sometimes a loud voice. <laughs> he's great. He says great things. Um, he's just such a person of integrity. Um, and it's such an honor to be able to share the stage with you, Tom. So let's invite Tom Seekings up to speak to us now. Well, thanks, Matt and Josh, for standing up. I don't know what the rest of you were doing. <laughs> no, I joke, I joke, of course. That was a great word, Emily. Thank you very much for that. Now, I've only been given 10 minutes today, so in preaching terms, everyone knows that's one to two hours, so I've just got to crack on. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings, chapter 18, verses 20 to 39 in the New International Version, but I'm going to, it's quite a long bit, so I'm going to skip some bits and jump along, so try and keep up. Good luck. Mm -hmm. So I start in 1 Kings 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their heads back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now, I get so many things from this passage, but I'm going to just focus on three of them today. And the first thing that jumps out at me is that God listens to our voice. But even more than that, God actively listens to our voice. We have a personal, loving God 
who wants to listen to little old me and you. He actively wants to seek out and he actively wants to hear you. And he wants to hear each and every voice that he hears. And we see that in the passage. In verse 36, Elijah steps forward and Elijah says, answer me, Lord, answer me. Because Elijah knows that we have a God who listens. Because Elijah knows that we have a caring God. But it's not only that God listens to our voice, but it's also God responds to our voice. With every call that we give, God will always give a response to us. It may not be what we always ask for. We might think, I, I, I can definitely get those good grades. They're definitely for me. But then we don't quite get them. But I'm telling you today, God still has a plan and God still has a response. Maybe there's a job that we think is perfect, but it doesn't quite work out. But God still has a plan. God still has a response. Maybe there's a house that's in an ideal location, great offer, but you don't get it. But God still has a plan and God still has a response. But in the same way that we can communicate to God in different ways, God responds in different ways. So we can speak to God in just a thought in our head, and he will instantly listen and know to what we're saying. But it's also for a whisper, a conversation, me speaking to you now, God's listening. Or we can be like Elijah, step forward and shout out to God, and he will always listen. But God responds in different ways. He responds with thoughts. He responds with whispers. He responds with conversation. He responds with people. And he responds with things, like in the passage. God sent down fire, and that was God's response. And big requests get big responses. But at the same time, little requests get little responses. Elijah didn't go up step forward and pray for a feather just to come down. Because, well, it's a feather. Everyone's like, wow, a feather. Great. But at the same time, Elijah didn't go, let a cloud move across the sky. Because it's a coincidence. Elijah knows that God is an extraordinary God. And Elijah steps forward and asks for fire an amazing gift from God that God uses throughout the Bible because Elijah knows that he's a powerful God who, if we request big, will give us a big response. Yeah. Elijah knows that God will respond with fire. Yeah. Whenever a pebble, just a small pebble, is dropped in any body of water, there'll be ripples. There will always be ripples. Now, the theme of Rock Nations, which is the youth conference that lots of us went to, was go make waves, or as you'll see on some t-shirts. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> now, waves are made from disturbances above and below water. Waves are made from ripples, and ripples are made from pebbles. We've got to be brave enough to step forward, get a pebble, throw it in, and make ripples. Because we know that God is going to respond with ripples, 
which will then make impacts of waves. Because God always has a plan. Now, I'm starting Hills Road Sixth Form in September, and I don't quite know what's going to happen. Thanks, Hannah, for wooing. <laughs> now, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy my classes. I don't know if I'm going to have good friends. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that God has a plan, and I know that I just need to step forward, get my prayer, get my pebble, and throw it, and trust that he will get the ripples to come. Because with every prayer, there's a response, and with every pebble, there's a ripple. But it's not just about the ripple. It's about what happens beyond the ripple. It's what happens, not just the pebble, not just the ripple, but it's the waves that God makes. You look in the Bible and you look at the passage and it's the fact that people, after seeing, after Elijah throws the pebble, after God sends the fire, there's the waves of people falling prostrate and crying, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Because every pebble gets ripples and every ripple gets responses because God is a God who gives responses which make impacts. Now, Everyone has prayers. Everyone has big prayers. And it's completely different based on people. My big prayer is what's going to happen in sick form. But other people might want to say, I want to let those people over there know that I'm a Christian and throw the pebble. Some people want to say, maybe I'll start a conversation with them about Jesus. Throw the pebble. Maybe it's, what if I just invite that person who's been asking me questions about God? Why don't I invite them to church or to Alpha? We need to throw the pebble. Or maybe it's at the end of the service today. I want to put my hand up. And I want to say, I want to be a Christian. And we need to throw the pebble. And we need to just do it. Because every prayer gets a response. And every big prayer gets a big response. Now, everyone has the ability to pray the big prayers. Everyone has the big prayers ready. Everyone's got a pebble, but we need the bravery. And whether you're as young as me, as old as my dad, or maybe even Steve, (laughs) we all have big prayers and we all have pebbles. We just need the faith and we need the belief to be able to step forward And know that as soon as I throw this pebble, there are going to be ripples. And as soon as I throw this prayer, I'm going to get a response from God. Thank you. Now, it is my honor to welcome to the stage for the last preach, the youth pastor of C3 Church. Please... Go wild for Joshua James Drury. Gumuk Wolves. See, that's the top that Tom was talking about. Go make waves. Amazing. Uh, I just want to say before, before I start, just you two, Emily and Tom. This whole day has been amazing, and I think what you've spoken, like, 
I've picked up things in each individual service that you, you, you haven't actually said, and you, each service was different, and I've picked up things which is amazing. But I just want to encourage you guys, whether it be on the platform or in the at Hills or in Oxford, continue to speak. Continue to speak truth and Jesus and wisdom into, into the people around you. And I believe you're going to go far in life. You're going to bring people to, to, to Christ. And just to keep going and, and don't give up. And give me a Amazing. Oh, notes in the wrong position. Great. So as you might have guessed, the theme of the day has been the voice of the people. And you all have a voice which has been spoken about. But I'm going to talk about the voice of God. And I want to start at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis. We see here and we read here the first part where God speaks. And it goes like this. Let there be light, and there was. Let there be the sky, and there was. Let there be land and seas, and there was. Let there be vegetation, and there was. Let there be the sun, the moon, and the stars, and there was. Let there be sea life, fish and birds, and there was. Let there be animals, and there was. Let there be mankind, and there was. God. He said, and it was. Now that excites me, that we can worship that God. We've just, we've just done it there with the amazing uh, worship team. We worship a God that, spoke the sun into being, that spoke the animals into being, that spoke creation into being, that spoke yourselves into being. He said, and it was. Now, parents, I just want you to put your imagination on, your, your thinking on, just maybe go back to yesterday or a week ago. And go to a time where maybe your, your kids are running around the house uh, wild and just high on sugar or just, just being kids and going mental. And just put yourselves in a position where you have the power of God in your voice. And you just go, sit down, be quiet. And they just walk down, go to the sofa, pull out a Bible, start reading Psalms. And they're just quiet. Imagine that. Amazing. Now, I find it hard on a Friday to organize these youth who are in here to play a simple game of tug of war without them yabbing at me. What's, what's this? What's that? Uh, that? Let alone say, son, and it just appear. You see, God's voice is powerful. His name is powerful. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it states that the Bible is God-breathed. This very thing that's in my hand, God spoke into being. He breathed it into being. He spoke it. He said, and it was. Now, I want to change that phrase to, 
He says, and it is. He says, and it is. Because I believe that God is not just the God of the past, he's the God of the now. He's not the God of the past, he's the God of the now. You see, God's word doesn't change. It doesn't age. Its power is not and never will be beaten. It's unrivaled. It won't be hit back. Because the Bible is God-breathed. He says, and it is. But life has its downs. We all have our downs. We all go through life. And it's hard sometimes. But you know what? The same God that spoke the sun into being spoke you into being. And that gives me great confidence. Because I know that whatever situation, he will speak into. Death, he will speak life. Pain, he will speak healing. Loneliness, family. Anger and rage, peace. Worry, he speaks boldness. He says, and it is. In Jeremiah 29.11, it states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. In Luke 18.27, it states, Whatever is impossible with man is possible with God. Whatever situation you are going through, he will speak into. Because the God that spoke the Son into being spoke you into being. You are fearfully one of you made. I don't know if you know that, but you are. It says that when he made mankind, it was very good. When he made you... You are very good. God speaks. He God spoke. Because he says, and it is. Now I just want to invite the, the band to come up, please. Thank you. The same power that lives in us, that lives in me, that lives in you. The same power that conquered the grave. It's in us. The same power that spoke, it is finished. Listen, us. God died for us. He said, The things that you're struggling with, it's finished. I died for that. I got it. And some of you, when I said that, found that hard to believe. But you know what? I went through that same, same thought too. And sometimes I have my days and I'm like, God, I'm struggling. But I just want to read this passage. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And it says... Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. He says, and it is. God breathed those words into being. And that is love. And for some of you that you find that hard to to grasp in your minds and in your heads because you find it hard to believe. You're going through a time where I don't don't deserve that love. I don't, I've mucked up. I've I've made mistakes. Josh, you don't know what I'm going through. I've got so much anger and rage in me that how can God love that? There's just so much, I just, How? And yes, I went through that as well. And I want to share something with you. My leader a few years back when I was was going through this told me to just change one word. And that one word, when I read it and changed it in this passage, completely changed my view on who I was and who God was. So I'm going to read this to you now and I want you to just take it in. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects He always trusts. He always hopes. He always perseveres. God never fails. Now for some of you, that's all you need to to hear today, that God never fails. The God that breathed life into these very words that I've just said, spoke the Son into being, spoke you into being. That's the God that declares love over you right now. the mess, the mistakes. God looks past that because he always perseveres. But I keep making mistakes. God is patient. He keeps no record of wrongs. God never fails. He says, and it is. He says, it is finished. And for some of you, that's hard to to take. But it is finished. Your mistakes are finished. The mess up should be finished. God's got it. He's taking it. Because God never fails. Now, I want to take this moment to give you guys to respond. I'm going to do it in two different ways. The first one being, I mentioned earlier on in what I was saying, that God can change death to life, worry to to boldness loneliness to family rage to peace and for some of you here you're in those moments right now where you're just all messed up inside because it's taking control of you and God's just saying I want that I'll, I'll take it from you 
because I spoke the Son into being, I spoke you into being, and it's not what I made you to be. So if that's you, if, if you're struggling with anger or loneliness or just struggling, I love you guys to just put your hands up and I'm just going to say a prayer of you quickly. So if that's you, just put your hand up. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being bold, guys. Thank you. Father, Jesus, thank you, God, that these people here put their hands up for, for saying, Jesus, you spoke me into being, so now I'm going to walk in you. And I pray right now, Father God, that as in the Bible it says, it is finished, that it is finished. The things you're going through, it is finished because God's got you. God's got it covered. Because God never fails. God spoke you into life. He spoke your name. He knows your name. He's calling you home. Amen. Now the second thing is for some of you here when you hear me speak about the God I love. Some of you here, you don't know who he is and you've never made that step. You've never thrown that pebble and gone, actually, I'm saying yes today. For some of you, this may be your last pebble, your, your last hope. I want to challenge you right now to go, God, you spoke to being, I'm stuck, I'm throwing this pebble Help me make those waves. Now, as a church, we're going to support you in this. We're going to pray together a, a, a prayer of commitment or a recommitment as one voice. Because we are the voice of the people. We are the voice of this church. And we support each other. And after that, I'm going to go three, two, one. And, that, and if you said that for the first time or, re, or the second time, Put your hand up and the Connect team will um, give you a gift to help you on this journey. So as a church, let's, let's repeat after me. Dear God, I thank you that you made me, that you spoke me into being. I'm sorry for the things I've done. But now, it is finished. You never fail. You never have failed. I thank you. I walk in freedom now. Amen. So if that's you, you've said it for the first time. After three, two, one, put your hand up and the connection will give you a gift. If every eye is closed. Three, two, one. Thank you, thank you. It's just great, guys. God's calling you home. He's got your name. He never fails you. He never will. Thank you. Let's give him a round of applause right now.
want to say we have a prayer team to my right, your left, uh, after the service is finished. And uh, it's been such an amazing day. Youth preaching, youth leading worship, youth serving. But ultimately, God being lifted high. So on a Friday night, we, we preach, we, we worship. But we love to have fun as well. And we believe that after we responded in the different messages that we were, were having, that we love to party because heaven's partying as well. So we're going to do a kick-out song. It's maybe a bit different to how church is normally done, maybe. But we would love you to come to the front and party with us. This is a song called Alive, because we are alive. And, uh, yeah, let's have some fun. And uh, for you guys who are, are new, uh, after the service, you come through these back doors into the coffee area. We're going to give you a free mug. And just to say, welcome to our family. Get connected. So uh, let's have some fun, guys. Yeah.